Well, Chris, welcome to our show. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Your beer looks better than mine. This stuff sucks. I'm going to do an uh, endorsement. This is bad beer. It really sucks. This is a, a Bitburger premium Pilsner, and I highly recommend it. It's very delicious. Yeah. I like the way you kind of did this. That was <laughs> You could do like the Vanna White thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, I didn't want to cover the label. Yeah, very this nice. Beer. This stuff, it's gluten-free, which I did on a whim, and I'm not happy I did. And on my screen, it shows backwards. Does it show normal on your screen? Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing it normal, Redbridge. All right, there you go. They're going to sue me now. Um, well, welcome to our show. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So we had all these technical difficulties, but now we seem to be good, and I'm test driving my cool new microphone here. Yeah, well, the, mi the microphone sounds great on my end, and I apologize for any technical difficulties that I may have brought to the table. I, I like to think of myself you know. as uh, a technically prowess person, and uh, nothing worked. So, I, sorry. Yeah, it's, Todd, or Scott, I almost said Todd, his brother Todd. Scott Engel lined us up, Scott Guitar Assist Engel, and he said you're a gearhead. So we'll have to delve into that a little bit. But let's, sure. But let's take a step back. So you were um, a member of the band Who Brought the Dog, and they could find you at whobroughtthedog.com. That is absolutely correct. Thank you. And you're a guitar player, right? I am a, I am a guitar player. I and the, you, I'm sorry, go ahead. You go, you go, that's all right. Uh, the, the heritage of Who Brought the Dog actually goes back way back to uh, Monty Entertainment, or Rob Monty's old band was called Who Brought the Dog, and Rob Monty's now our agent. Oh, and really? When we were putting our new band back together, he's like, hey, I always liked that name, Who Brought the Dog. Do you guys want to use that? And we're like, okay. And that's a great is. name. Yeah. So what's the so what's the backstory behind the name? Uh, if you've ever seen Ghostbusters, yes, Rick Moranis walks into the to the room and he's like, "Hey, who brought the dog?" Oh, that that's great. If you look it up on YouTube, Rick Moranis who brought the dog, it pops right up. Oh, that's, that's really where it came from. Very very old school for the old people, but young people won't know what that is. Yeah, you know what the worst thing is? I think of that as like a recent movie. Like that's how old I am. I uh, even... you know, not that long ago. A friend of mine and myself went to AC Theater in Red Bank. You're frozen. And they did a rescreening of uh, Ghostbusters. And we went and it was great. It was five bucks. It was awesome. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I felt myself freezing. Like it, it, my whole body shudders when it happens, when the computer does it. And I got a cold chill. But That's funny. <laughs> you fr you Did I freeze after you? Your, your voice that... warbled a little bit, but you didn't oh, nice. freeze. I do that on purpose, actually. Yeah, yeah. So I have to say, you have some pretty nice digs you're hanging out in here. That's beautiful behind you. Is that just like a fake kind of like a green screen thing you're doing to us? Uh, absolutely, 100%. You know, when it comes to uh, the Zoom, right? I heard you could put your own background. So I put this nice baby grand piano in the background. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Very nice. You're actually in a garbage pit right now in real life, right? That's Only a you had a <laughs> yeah, if only I knew how to play it. Oh, that's cool. Um, so now, what is, what's your main guitar you play with? Uh, I'm a big Frankenstrat guy. So I buy parts from Warmoth uh, out of Washington. Okay. You know, American-made Strat replica parts. And I just build my own Strats. So I'm Frankenstrat, Frankenstrat, Frankenstrat. Even I have two PRSs. Okay. I kind of gutted those and franked them up a little bit too. But they're both uh, set necks. So... There was not so much I could couldn't take the neck off change. Are you a, are you a maple you know, or rose thing, but a big guy? Fan. I'm, I'm an ebony guy. 
Oh, really? Ebony all the way. Absolutely. I have ebony on my acoustic guitar. I have ebony on all my electric guitars, 100%, except one. One guitar I have a rosewood neck. I don't like rosewood. Uh, ebony, I, I had the old um, Kramer, I want to say the 350 model with the aluminum neck, and I think that had an ebony fretboard. Holy moly. I remember those things. Yeah, that was some guitar. It was, the neck was 8,000 pounds. That's, oh, you're frozen. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it was. I, I remember somebody had a bass like that with the aluminum neck on it. I was like, wow, what is that? That's the coolest thing ever. It is. Now it's like, what is that? Yeah, they're worth a lot of money. I, um, yeah. I, tr I traded mine in at Seagirt Music to get a Westbury. Remember those, the Westbury guitars? Mm -hmm. And that was, it was like an SG-ish kind of guitar, and it was pretty nice. Like, they, they built it uh, pretty well. I was always a big fan of the SG, except for the fact that when you're holding them up, the kind of, the headstock tilts yeah. forward when you're, when you're playing. So unless you're sitting down, it's like you're always holding it up with your left hand. Yeah, because the body weighed nothing on those. Absolutely right. nothing. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the headstock weighed more than the body. Right, right. So, what, so what, when you build a Frankenstrat, so tell, let's start at the headstock. What kind of tuners do you use? Like, what do you, how do you put it together? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't like my Frankenstrats because, well, I'm jumping right to the EMGs. I put EMGs in almost every single one of them. Okay. Nobody likes the EMGs, but I'm, I'm learning how to play guitars without EMGs. But tuner-wise, uh, most of them have Floyd Roses on them. Which are so great. I almost don't even care what tuners are on them. My one Frankenstrat, which is like an SRV Strat ripoff, uh, okay. it's got vintage gold tuners on it that came right off an SRV. Oh wow! A signature Strat, which was which was cool. I had to take the the original SRV baseball bat off. It was enormous. It was like grabbing a flagpole, and it only <laughs> had twenty one frets. And I had to have that twenty second fret. They have to have it. You have, you to, have, have to. to. You have you to. Could. You need it. Uh, but you know, Stevie was a master. He just grabbed that thing and bent it. You know, a, a little further than than the rest of us. But I, I'll never tire of watching that guy. Just... no no me neither me neither one of the greatest of all time and i enjoy actually getting into the uh debate mm -hmm. of you know who's and i froze and then you froze wait the debate to me it's no debate start so all right that was pretty good <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, the debate between stevie ray vaughn and Jimi hendrix you know, I, I I like I like Stevie Ray better. I don't know that he is better. I think I think his his stuff was more musical. You know that that that's a fair that's a fair assessment, and that's where I always land. I like yeah. him better. I like him better as a player and musical. I think you nailed it right on the head. Beautiful musical player. Yeah. And and that's a real turn on. You know, when you could listen to something and it just it gets you pumped, it gets you jazzed. Right. You're like, oh my god, that's just so good. That's nice. Uh, Jimi Hendrix just didn't do that for me. No, I, I can recognize his greatness. Um, cr what is what, uh, oh, Crosstown Traffic, right? Mm -hmm. that, that grooves. But a lot of his stuff, I'm amazed at what he's doing, but I don't enjoy the music as much as I'm amazed by it. Whereas with Stevie Ray, you could put his stuff on old school AM radio and it would be listenable. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. And I love one Very of my well favorite tunes he did with his brother. Um, was it TikTok People? It's it's an old tune from like probably late '80s, I think. I think it's called TikTok People, and it's just like this 
beautiful song. And his brother is playing as much as he is. He doesn't show off on it at all. But it, it's just a fantastic tune. And I just, I put it on my playlist. It's an old tune that no one knows. And it's fantastic. All right. Ron Wood or uh, Keith Richards? Oh, Lordy B. Um, uh, anybody so. else? No, just they'll be because they're both in the Stones. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get it. I'm not a big Stones fan. Oh, you're not. I, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the Stones versus Beatles conversation. Wait, what, uh, I'm, wait, a, I'm a big Beatles head versus Stones. I, I have to admit. Oh, I'll take the Stones over the Beatles any you're day. Froze. Yeah. How about now? Yeah, yeah. There is that. A lot of people are yeah. like that. You know, the Stones are a little more rock and roll. I think the Beatles yeah. were a little more lo melodic. But when yeah. the Beatles first started, let's face it, they were they were a boy band, basically. Yeah. You know, very, very just poppy. But their, their later stuff was really good, albeit it only took them, what, seven years to make that development? I know. Right, right. Well, the funny thing is, think of the mark they left, and they're pretty much done by 73, 74. So, like, 10 years, done. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is 13 amazing. albums, two movies. Yeah, yeah. And they're, and they're still, in our little world, the biggest band ever, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, unless, unless you're Stoneshead. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I mean... I, we won't hold that against you. They're, I think they're objectively better than the Stones. It's the same thing. I like the Stones better. But, yeah, you know, but I, you I'm like not, the music better, you like the music better, yeah. right? But I'm not, I don't like Keith Richards. I like Ron Wood, especially the stuff he did with uh, Rod Stewart. You All know. Right. You know, small faces. You like the small faces? Or the I never really followed Ron Wood because I'm just, yeah, that wasn't from my elk. When I grew up and I started playing guitar, I was more in the uh, Metallica, Queensryche, Megadeth, right, Motorhead, right, right. Overkill. You know, I came, I came from that. And then I had to work my way backwards right. to, to good music, you know, to the Led Zeppelins <laughs> of the world. Uh, the which was interesting because I never liked Jimmy Page. I was like, oh, Jimmy Page, he's terrible, he's sloppy. He's, well, he's so sloppy, but he's so good. One of the greatest, greatest guitar players yeah. of all time. And the writing in Led Zeppelin is, is masterful. You, all right, you can't even the, compare it. So what's the guitar movie with Page, The Edge, and I always forget uh, who else? Uh, was it uh, the... Uh, Jack Black. I, I, not yeah, not Jack Black. Because um, Jack Black, but that's what I was thinking. It's um, someone. Oh, Jack White. The Jack White. guy. The rocket. Yeah, Jack White. White. Sorry, what did I say? I was close. White. Black. Close. Yeah. So I was almost exactly right, except exactly opposite. It, that's exactly wrong. Right, and <laughs> I felt so bad for the Edge because he he was he just didn't belong. And I love The Edge. I, I, you know, that was a very interesting movie. A couple of guys, I, I was working at Island Def Jam Records at the time. Okay. And they got in touch with me through Facebook. And, and they were guitar players from back in high school. And they're both working in the city now, too. And they contact me, says, hey, we're going to see this movie. You want to go? So the three yeah. of us got together. We hadn't seen each other in like 20 years. We went and we sat down. We watched this movie and then went out and had some beers and talked about the movie afterwards. So it was, it was a good experience. Yeah. Um, very, very interesting because I was like, well, Paige is just the master of, of everything. Why are these yeah. other two guys here? Yeah, that's how I felt. And I I started to appreciate the edge in that movie. I was never a big YouTube fan. I was never a big guy of press all your pedals and make a bunch of noise, but don't yeah. play your guitar, if that yeah. makes any sense. 
Um, but after watching that movie, I actually learned an appreciation for him, which was good. He's, he's I, more of a, I think he's more of an artist than a guitarist. Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, what I mean, I'm a YouTube. I love YouTube, but but I don't. You know, like I, I, the Edge. I just think he just makes these beautiful layers of sound. It's almost like he he's a studio engineer who plays guitar. Right. You right. know, you're not going to sit down and have a, a, a guitar god conversation and no. bring him into it, right? No. And no. I don't know what Jack White was doing there. I have no idea. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. So, so you just gave us a great segue because um, our publicist would get really upset with me if I didn't talk about the the liner notes he gave me. So you oh. you were all involved with the whole Napster thing, or you're familiar with it, like when the record industry didn't really respond to Napster. Oh, I was working at Island Def Jam Records at the time when Napster, you know, basically mortified the music right. industry, and 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 that's really what happened. And I'll, I'll try to sum this up yeah. in, as, in as little words as possible. I don't think the music industry was necessarily not on board with trying to get somewhere where they can help facilitate something similar. Right. So much as the legalities and the logistics involved with putting something together like that and keeping people paid was the biggest problem. Right. So their initial reaction was to fight back because in order for them to put a platform together to even make it remotely legal and competitive, it would years, years and years and years and yeah. years. So you couldn't do it. I mean, basically they were caught with their pants down right? and there was nothing they could do except cry foul. Right. And it, it was a big deal back then. And Napster has well, gone, but it's been replaced, right? Oh yeah. Well, even even iTunes Music is almost gone, right? As as we know it, they're a subscription service now, and Spotify's and you know yeah. that, look look how long it took them to disappear. Not very long in, no, in the grand right. scheme of the life cycle of things. Um, it, if you wrote a song and you lived in Spain, and you were signed to my record label in New York City, and now all of a sudden, you somebody wanted to buy your music in Australia, how do you get paid? Well, right. with Napster, nobody got paid, so it didn't matter. But in the real world, there were limitations of, of physical boundaries. Right. And those laws didn't exist. And the globalization of those laws didn't exist. So to get it to go from the United States to Canada, Mexico, and then spread out all over the world, it took a long time. It took a long time to get it together. Even when iTunes first launched, they were putting together 200 song pop rock packages. They weren't paying anybody for that stuff. Right. They were just, they were taking, they were just milking their library and putting it out there, putting it out there. So it, it was, it was a big deal. I don't know if I explained that properly, but no, I tried to do it as quickly and as painless as possible. No, it's, it's interesting stuff. Like I, I have, um, what do you call it? Apple music. I don't even know I bought it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just said something to my phone. And the next thing you know, I right. get a bill showing up because I connected a credit card, you know, with Apple Pay or whatever the hell it's called. And I know, you know, if I say right now, Siri, play Led Zeppelin, she'll do it. If I, if I say, hey, Siri, she'll interrupt. Is Alexa still on behind you? No, here, look. She's doing <laughs> right, it right now. Hey, what, you want to see something really cool? Yeah, watch this. There Hang it on. is. Wait, watch this. I haven't done this. All right, let me put this on camera. Hang on. All right. Hey, Siri, play Guitar Tales with Dave Cohen. Now playing podcast Guitar Tales with Dave Cohen. <laughs> oh, 
Very cool. Play the episode with Christopher Ramos from WhoBroughtTheDog.com. That would be that would be like the coolest <laughs> time warp kind of thing, wouldn't it? It would be even yeah, scarier right. if I said that and it had you saying things you haven't said yet. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. I, I could be then I could be intellectually smarter. That's right. Now you would be like later. It would be like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. You'd like future. I didn't see the new movie. Didn't see no, it. Nor I. Nor I. No I spoilers. I will not. <laughs> okay. I haven't seen it. Um, I heard it was. I heard it was no good. But that's besides the point. Yeah, but they're telling us it's good. Every on Facebook, like every five minutes, I get a note that says everyone likes it. So they wouldn't lie to me, would they? Well, then it must be true. It yeah. must be if the internet says it. It must be yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, is that a, is that a quick segue to holy cow? Facebook shutting off live music streams, friends. You know what? I need your help with this. This is a perfect segue. So, um, you know, I, I, I play a little guitar. I'm not at your level or Scott's level. I, I was like garage bands in high school, college, and a little bit in law school, and that's it. So I'm seeing a lot of people talking. You know, a lot of our guests who've been on Guitar Tales are complaining about what's going on. And, and I'd like to hear about what really is happening with Facebook um, because all I'm hearing is people reacting to it, but I haven't heard what really is happening, only the reaction. So what what has Facebook done and what are you guys trying to do about it? You know, it, 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 it's interesting because I, I've heard some people getting shut down. I've heard some of their videos being shut off if it's not their music and this and that. And we have videos that we put up on Facebook and nobody has said anything to us. Right. So, you know, is it because not enough people saw it? I don't know. We during the, the the COVID days or the shutdown days, we did quarantine sessions and we did five or six videos, something like that. One of them being a paranoid remake, which is absolutely fantastic. I watched and everybody, it. and everybody should go on the Who Brought the Dog page and 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 watch that. So it um, is Who Brought the Dog dot com. Who we'll Brought see. the Dog dot com or our Facebook page Who Brought the Dog Band. Uh, okay, I saw your Facebook it, page. Cool. And you, you could find the, the, the paranoid video, which is very cool, but we didn't get shut down and we didn't get muted like other people were getting muted. But our specs on the pages, we, we came across 10,000 people. Okay. So the video was seen, maybe they didn't watch the whole thing. Maybe they only watched the first 10 seconds. Maybe they only watched the first 15 seconds, whatever it was. But I, I would think that that would be enough. So I don't know what they're doing for the shutdown, but I hear now that it's coming October 1st. And this was just from something I read yesterday, so I'm not even kind of fully up to speed on the whole thing. But from what I understand is if you don't own the rights to the music, you can't even live stream it. So if you're at your friend's show wow, at the bar and you're like, oh, here, everybody, look, I'm, I'm checking these guys out. And you put the poop, they're going to delete it. Wow. Which makes me believe, and I no longer work for the record company, that they finally got to them. That, and, but, you know, 20, yeah. 20 years too late. Right. So that's interesting. And, and, and what, what's their game plan? Do they want someone in a cover band playing in a bar for 500 bucks that night to call their PR person or their marketing person and say, here, we want to give you $38? Like, like what's their plan? You know, it, it, that's a really good question because the bars that actually keep up with the ABC rules and, and licensing and ASCAP and BMI licensing, they pay a blanket license to have cover bands play in their bars. Okay. So they're actually covered under that license. So what's the problem? I have no idea that it's, it's not like if I, so, or uh, somebody comes, you come and, and take 15 seconds of my band playing that you're monetizing it or we're getting paid. Nobody's getting paid. So I don't understand how, why they're, why they're doing it. Maybe they're just trying to 
direct people's focus to newer, more terrible music. I, I don't right. know. You know, you know what's interesting? You know, the lawyer <laughs> in me is coming out right now, and I'm not a constitutional law lawyer at all. Um, but, you know, we're, we're supposed, we don't like monopolies in this country. You know, at least theoretically we don't. And, and what a great example. You know, you know. Remember, you're old, you're an old fart like me. I don't think you're as old, but when Thank they broke, um, what are you? <laughs> late forties? Uh, Twenty eight. There you go. Sixty, eighty eight. Um, right. But remember when they broke up Ma Bell? They said, "All right, you guys are too big. We're going to break you up." But look at Facebook. It just sort of crept up on us. Sure. Now, um, what do we have? MySpace. You know, there's no competition. So when Facebook says to someone like you, fuck you, you can't put your stuff on our, on our platform, what are your options? I mean, I mean, you do have, you have Instagram and all that. Exactly. But, well, Facebook owns Instagram. Isn't Instagram owned by Facebook? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so you know, they, they have a, a, a true monopoly and something like the planet Earth is never seen because it's not just even this country. You know, I, I don't know the numbers, but I would imagine that Facebook is in the billions as opposed to the millions. Yeah, yeah. Last I heard, yeah, it was in the billions. And, and I don't remember Mob Bell because I wasn't um, old, like, old enough. Right, right. <laughs> Good eye <laughs> I, know, I remember when they broke Mob Bell up. I was like, wow, holy cow, they're breaking up the telephone company. I right, couldn't believe it. Because we, you know, AT&T wasn't anything back then. It was, right? Mob, it was Bell Telephone. So, you know, but what you're talking about is a really good example of, you know, how when you get a monopoly like this, people get screwed because there is not a privately owned Instagram to say to Facebook, all right, we're going to take all these unhappy campers away from your business. We'll give you a little bit of healthy competition and maybe you'll react. You know, your best hope is that because Mark Zuckerberg tries not to be a tyrant and doesn't want people to think he's a tyrant, that maybe he can get through to him. But that's it. You know, they right, can do well, They're private. They can do whatever they want. Just, just because you pretend doesn't mean it's actually true. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. What's, what, what is the next step? So where do you go? If you want to sit down right now, or let's say not right now, let's say October 5th, because I hear it's going to be October 1st. Right. And you want to play a little ditty, a Beatles song on your acoustic guitar, and you want to put it on your page for people to see. You can't do it. No, that's I guess insane. not. And, and it's, the problem, it, it, with my skill set, it would be indistinguishable from the Beatles. So it, it, it would be even harder. You know, <laughs> you know, it, it, it you, talent is not necessarily everything. Uh, and no. I don't know if that's an exact way. And I'm sure you've seen plenty of people in your day that have plenty of talent but don't know what to do with it. Well, you know, and plenty of people that don't have a lot of talent that can make three chords sing. Yeah. Uh, so what's the Bob Dylan that. quote? Um, three chord or three chords in the truth. Right. Something like that. That's yeah, about right. Well, you, it, it goes a long way. I mean, look, look at a band like Nirvana, right? He's yep. no spectacular guitar player, but yeah. boy, they, they make great music. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, you, you hit in on a metaphoric chord that we've heard a bunch of times on this show and in, in the last few Zoom episodes too. people talking about the fact that they would rather work with someone who is a good person who emotes positive energy and maybe even if they're their skill level on the guitar or whatever instrument's a little lower than someone who's a virtuoso who's an asshole. You know? I, I hear uh -huh. everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. And well, it's sure. 
It's a universal you know, truth. I don't think anybody first picked up a guitar and said, okay, well, I'm going to be a rock star one day. Or maybe they did, but they explored it and they found it for a personal reason you know, it touched them. It found them. They yeah. found it. And it's, it's magical. And only us guitar players know that magic. And, yeah. you know, to play with somebody who wants to just take all that away from you, it's the worst. It's like, now you got to go. I don't care how good you are. Yeah. Or you get the yeah. volume hogs, you know? Ugh. That, that don't even get me going there. People that don't know how to play mixed to the band that you're playing with. Right. Like yeah. I'm the only one exists. I'm just going to turn everything up because everybody thinks I'm cool. And it's like, nobody thinks you're cool. No, no. no. I, had a, I had a little trick. Um, what actually you too. What's this song? I think pride. You know, that little trilly kind of thing. So I was able to play the entire song except for that mm -hmm. at another guitar player. So I would actually shut my volume and pretend to play it while he actually played it. Very cool. And that was my, my dirty little trick. And, and did, you got away with it? Yeah. I mean, you know, to the extent anyone but me cared. Um, but yeah, but we, we would have all these battles and, and I'm, I just... You know, in my mind, I just want it to be heard. But maybe in the other guy's mind, he just wants to be heard. And then you just keep going like this. And you need either a singer or a drummer to, to just get everyone to calm down. Someone who could sort of be a fly on the wall between the competing stringed instruments. Well, I, I think that's where somebody's sense of true professionalism yeah. excuse me, come, comes in. And they say, okay, this isn't all about me. I have yeah. my moments where I do my solo parts. Those are my parts where I step forward and take my solo. But this is a, a group yeah. act, and we, we need to sound good as a band, not just me flailing off at a million miles an hour at, a, at 100 dBs or whatever it is. Right. So, and, and that's, you know, the, where the professionals know how to sit back and, and put it into the mix. They can hear the band around them, and they know when to step up. They can hear the dynamics, and they know when to swell. They know when to come back. They know when to go back in. They know when to come back. And other people, and when you get the, all the people in the room together that know how to do that to collectively, that's that's the band. Right. Welcome right, to the right. band. And, and the universal truth I've also been hearing when I interview folks is that it's always about making the people who came to see you feel happiness. It's not about you. It's not about what they think of you. It's about you making them happy. Right. You know, for, for all the guitar gods out there, there's one guy in the back of the room that cares the right. other people just want to be happy yes they just want to you know unless you're Ingve Malmsteen and all the little guitar heads are coming see you rip a bunch of, they just they want to be happy music happy it's the reason why we all started playing guitars it made us happy right and people get away from that because their egos get in the way and it's a shame right and then ultimately the people out there you're there making you go you're not anybody I know though now, <laughs> but for a second, sorry. Right. Yeah. See, yeah. So the, the folks who are just focused on, on the bad part of it, they're, they're making that one guy in the corner sort of appreciate it, but then he's probably going to get insecure because he wishes he could do that or she could do that. And then everyone else is miserable. Uh, yeah. So uh, what's the um, Scott? We've, we talked a bunch of times on the show, uh, the Van Halen solo, it's eruption. Eruption. Had all sorts of controversy about whether or not one should play eruption at a gig. Where do you stand on that one? You know, 
there's one guy, I guess Scott probably's mentioned him before, Dave Crum, the guy from Big Bang he's, Baby. And I know he's you, been on. Yeah. Yeah, I know you've had Paul on the show. I remember yeah. watching when you had Tommy Janarone and Scott and Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um he does it and it's pretty cool. Yeah. But I wonder, you know, the the last time I saw him do it, if I was like I think I might be the only person who really appreciates this right now. It, it's it's you such know, a great little unimportant non-political controversy we could chat about you know but you know and and i suppose maybe the answer is if only a few bands do it it's cool i know if i know with a fair amount of confidence if every band did it at every gig it would not be successful you know they want to hear neil diamond you know yeah you know. yeah i think some of the younger kids that are going out to the bars that are seeing live music which by the way is becoming less and less and well, the quarantine thing's a whole nother story. Yeah. But um, they probably don't even know what it is. Right. You know, that, that's right. just the guy shredding out a guitar and it's pretty darn cool. Right. Well, I remember... Um... It is pretty darn cool. Oh, it is. So I saw Yes in the Round in 78. And I didn't know the clap yet. I just... So what you just said is dead on. So I'm 14 years old. And I just heard the greatest guitar solo I've ever heard on an acoustic guitar. And then I later find out, no, he already wrote it. And it's like, it's a composed thing. But th that's what, you know, <laughs> right, right. a number of years later. And that, and that was not an old song when I heard it. It might have just, it might have been new. I don't know what year they came out with that. But it's, you know, what is it, 10, 14 minutes long that, you know, the clap? It's a, it's a long acoustic guitar solo. But I, you know, I saw it in my inebriated fourteen-year-old state, and um, uh -huh. you know, I got I got served at fourteen at Gus's Bar in New York when I was fourteen. I looked like I was nine. <laughs> I got, the good old days, right? Yeah, I know, right by Madison Square Garden. But but I saw him play the clap, and it, it was just being. And I was a brand new guitar player then, but it, I was just shocked by how good it is. That's fantastic. Yeah, those those moments are irreplaceable right yeah you, you experience something like that and that that makes your whole world of guitar playing just that that much more interesting because you always have that special moment with you you're still talking about it now i know it's amazing about how long ago that was and yeah. i remember this when i saw them it was alan white's birthday oh very cool. and i only know that because they announced it to the crowd but you know for whatever weird reason that kind of stuck with me you know and how old were you when you saw that I was 14, born in 64. 14. I think when I was 14, I saw Death Leopard open up for Billy Squire. Oh, that's... Now, Billy Squire. I was a huge Billy Squire fan. I was. I didn't even know One who album. Billy Squire One good was. album. What's that? I didn't, I didn't know who he was at the time. Yeah. And I walked out of there with my jaw on the floor. I'm like, he was fantastic. And then that opera opened up for Billy Squire, so that gives you an idea how long ago that was. Yeah, well, he was he his really big year was like eighty one, eighty two, I think. And yeah, that was that was eighty. That was eighty two. Yeah, that was eighty two because I saw Judas Priest and Iron Maiden the same year. Yeah. I saw Iron Maiden open up for Judas Priest. And, My and, cousin used to be a ticket scalper. Oh, and all when right. I was in junior high. He used to take me to all these cool concerts. I saw Van Halen and Rush, and, but it was, yeah. There's did some see, I specifically remember that were just fantastic. Did you see them with Sammy or did you see them with Dave? I saw them with Dave. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's no, cool. That, was, that was a lot of fun. 
I saw the. I, I was a big Dave David Lee Roth fan. I like. Oh, he was great. Not no more. I can't even watch those videos now. <laughs> it's so bad. It's like just please stop and let me let me hold on to the fond memories that I have. I know he's like vaudeville right now. Uh, yeah, it, it it really is bad. It's and, bad. And you listen to him on his podcast. He's he's so manic. Oh, he's a very smart man. But yeah, he, he's just manic now. Not smart enough to know that he should just stop making those videos. Oh, that's so bad. And stop Sammy's, going on tour. Yep. And Sammy's doing everything right. The circle is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. They are awesome. Killer, I saw the live thing they did on the Howard Stern show. I was like, oh, man, my God. this is rocking. And he's 70 years old. Have you heard um, the Van Halen with Sammy version of Won't Get Fold Again? No, I have not. It, they just did it as a goof. Go on YouTube. Uh, and I'm, it's a studio version? It's just screwing around in the studio version. Okay, cool. And I'm a Who fanatic. So I, I'll go on like a YouTube journey now and then and say, all right, who did the best cover of Won't Get Fooled Again? I, Rush's is okay, but theirs is, I think theirs is the best out there. It, it's wow. pretty cool. But very good stuff. I'll definitely give that. So, so let me let me do this for our little final segment here. Talk to us about how COVID's treating you. You know, like you know, I'm getting, I'm, I'm finding interesting information from different artists and musicians about what positive they get from it, and, and we all know what negative they get. But how how are you doing with COVID as a musician? Uh, you know, initially, instantly, obviously, we're out of business, right? No gigs. Yeah. So we went right to recording the videos, like the Paranoid video that you saw on our, our Facebook page. Yeah. And uh, we just cut a bunch of tunes and we had a great time doing it because the band was still staying in touch. We yeah. were passing around tracks by email. Was sitting down, was mixing, was editing, was you know singing songs. So that was kind of cool. And, and you were kind of kind of forced to pay attention to it, kind of get back to the simplicity of songs. Right, right. There's, they're not so hectic. The parts are very simple, but everything is very well placed. And we, even when we took songs that we were playing for years and we had to bring them back to a studio session, it was like, oh, wow. We, we really started muddling these things up and playing all over them. And, and you know, we, we, we reeled it back in and made everything simple again. So that was great. But then things started to open up again. So it was right. like, okay, people are starting to go out just a little bit. Right, 25%. The whole band yeah. can't go out, so I guess only 25% of the band can go out. Wow. Segway to who brought the duo, who is um, Frank, the other guitar player from the band, and myself are doing a duo acoustic. Uh, we play every Tuesday night at Bar A in Belmar, if anybody wants to come down and hang out. And um, so we had no choice, right? Who right, right, right. There we go. But in that process, we also started Who Brought the Wedding. Oh, my um, God. Gonna start... Well, we realized that. that a lot of people got their weddings canceled this year. Right. And next year, everything's already full. And things are going to broaden. There's going to be Thursday night weddings. There's going to be Sunday night weddings. There's probably going to be two Sunday weddings. And there's going to be weddings in different places next year because people need to get married because they all got canceled. So we started Who Brought the Wedding. So now that we, we went into COVID as Who Brought the Dog. Now we have Who Brought the Dog, Who Brought the Duo, and Who Brought the Wedding, even though it's really all Who Brought the Dog, but that's just what we call it. I love that. I love that. So so now we're starting. So we're in the middle now of uh, recording our, our demo 
we have the video we're doing on in December and next year we're going to launch doing that stuff. We're going to do some wedding stuff along with the club stuff and along with the duo stuff. So we actually broadened our, our business. This is a universal message. You know, like there's no doubt that COVID's horrible. It sucks. But, but I, I think it's inspiring what I've heard from so many artists like you is that you've taken it as an opportunity to expand either your business or your art. You know, I've had guitar players say, I've, I've become a better guitar player since I've been shut in. You know, that focusing on their craft, not just their better art. Better believe that. Yeah. A enjoyable too. You know, I've said that to uh, several of my friends several times. Oh, what are you doing? I'm like, you know, I'm playing my guitar and I enjoy it. I'm really having a good time oh, that's cool. sitting down, just really getting back to the to the bricks, like, you know, that, that got me going in the first place. And it's a lot of fun. Well, that, it's a lot that's, of fun. that's a good thing. Well, I got to tell you, I, I've, I've had a good time tonight. And, yeah, and as, it, as it always is, uh, the time flies when we do it. We've been going. There you go. I like that endorsement. I'm going to do this. Look. <laughs> no, because I don't like it. Good. See, I'm not even showing the label for this beer. But it is empty. So you just have a little bit of... Uh, little... Uh, I, I took it easy. Yeah. So um, I'm going to kill the kill the recording now, but I had a great time. And I'm going to say one last time, who brought the dog.com? Thank right? you. Thank, but, thanks for having me. I really oh, appreciate it. This was fun. And when we get the studio back opened again, uh, we'll get you in there. Definitely. Okay, great. Well, have a good night. Oh, that, that would be a lot of fun. You okay. too, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right, take care.